Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport, and you are listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. All right, this week we got a burger special for you. First up, smash burger aficionado George Motes is here to school me on how to make the crispiest, laciest, gooeyest, cheesiest, best burger ever. And then I chat with BA's own Chris Morocco about his easiest ever grilled veggie burger. But before we get started, a uh, quick thing. I want to tell you about this year's Hot 10 party here in New York City on Wednesday, October 17th. Last month, we released our list of the best new restaurants in America, and now is your chance to come party with them, like all the chefs from all 10 restaurants. There will be all sorts of good food and drink, and it's all going down at 99 Scott in Brooklyn. And you can buy your general admission and VIP tickets if you're fancy at BAHOT10, that's BAHOT10.com. Hope to see you there. And now, let's do this thing. George Motes. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So it's always been Motes, not Motts? It's always been Motes, no. <laughs> for a couple of days it was Motts, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I got I to say, I'll be honest here. I've been hosting the show for, Emma, how long? Three and a half years now? I think this might be the most excited I've been for a guest. Come on. Uh, I mean, you know, we have like some famous-y sort of people, but like, we have to just like talk burgers for, like, and smash burgers for like a half an hour. This is very exciting for me. So be- before we start to nerd out on the actual process for like, the perfect sort of griddled, crispy, lacy, smashed, gooey, cheesy, oniony burger, I was curious, like, how does one become like the burger guy? Like, how is that a career path? It, I mean, it wasn't a career path to begin with. It was a complete accident. It was by, I mean, just by chance that it, that it happened this way. I got to tell you that much. Um, it started about 18 years ago. I made a, I was looking for an idea for a documentary film. And uh, my wife and I at the time were talking about different food subjects that had not been covered. One was hamburgers. No one had actually touched the subject of hamburgers ever. So I started thinking about, you know, making some kind of documentary piece. Uh, I had friends at Food Network. Were, were you also like... Wait, how is it that no one's ever done a burger documentary? Well, this That's, is 18 years ago. But and, still, yeah, you know. Well, it's, it's funny. It's, I think it's simply because the technology had not come around yet. There was no real video technology that was you know, that was affordable. To do it affordable. You, you know, yeah. The Burns brothers were not doing the right. great bur- nine-part burger documentary. Yeah my, f- yeah, my first two documentaries were not on food, and they were shot on 60-millimeter film. Yeah. They had to be, because that's what you did back then. Or you shot on some big, bulky HD camera. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to believe that only 18 years ago that we were we couldn't afford the technology to go and just you know sh- shoot something like you can on your phone now. Yeah. I mean, everyone, anybody can shoot something on their phone now. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but so it started out as a hamburger documentary. Food Network approached me. I talk, was talking to them about doing some interstitial pieces between shows at one point. So we shot a small uh, piece about uh, the green chili cheeseburger at the Bobcat Bite in Santa Fe. And in the middle of the production, I looked at my wife and I said, this is, this is not, <laughs> this, is, this is way bigger than some silly little piece, you know? Uh, let's, make, let's make a real film. And we did. We ended up uh, going and making a full-size uh, documentary, uh, documentary film that ended up on uh, Channel 13. It was on the Sundance Channel for a while. That ended up becoming a thing on television. Uh, it was requested. People were finding it out there on, on DVD. I, I, we had it out on DVD. People were finding the DVD. They were burning the DVD. They were, suddenly the internet was big, and they were copying it and became a sort of a cult thing. Uh, it then rolled into— It kind of uh, reminds me of—I yeah. uh, imagine you've seen Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which, and that goes back to like, the VHS days. Exactly, yeah. People were ripping that all over the place. But yeah. You, 
only way you could get it. But so, and for yeah. anyone who hasn't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. A couple of guys in the parking lot of the Capitol Center during, I want to say, the Turbo Lover tour by Judas Priest. And they wow, just had yeah. a couple of big handheld cameras just interviewing yeah. metalheads in the parking lot. Yeah, uh, also, Police Around the World, another one, by the way. Yeah. That. yeah, that's another great. It's a movie that the police shot, but you never really could find. It was only on VHS. You could not find it anywhere forever. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, there's this little cult networks so you had to track yeah. it down. You heard about like the burger documentary. You got to see this, man. Yeah. So it became uh, a book. Somebody asked me, a publisher asked me to write a book. I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't a writer. I became a writer very fast. <laughs> Wait, so what was your, I, can I just say this, yeah, full sure. disclosure, for you, like I've done no homework on you. You're like this international man of burger mystery to me, like this <laughs> this Mott slash Moats guy who kind of looks like Wolverine from, you know, uh, I don't know about if you have a six pack or eight pack or not. No, um, zero pack. Zero pack. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, this he's the burger guy. I'm like, well, how is this possible? So did you, did you go to film school? Did not go to film school. Uh, I got out of out of uh, school. I, I, I barely graduated. <laughs> I actually nice. got kicked out, to be totally honest, and somehow made it back in. One of my focuses, or my, my what became my major, was American history. And this is where this was at Catholic U in DC. Oh, that was okay. really I was at, out of tr- just trying to get the, my brother. Get my brother graduated from Catholic U. Oh, fantastic! What year did you graduate? I graduated nineteen ninety. Okay, that would have been about the same as my brother also. Really? Yeah. Andy Excellent. Rappaport, I don't know if you know him. I don't Theater think I dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, a, honestly, college was a little bit of a blur. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. I would say the same for yeah. him. I'm glad I got out of there. The, the, the point was to try to get the hell out of there and start my life. So I started working in production. Instead of going to film school, I knew I wanted to be in, in commercial production. Yeah. Or I started working with Ken Erickson in the very beginning. And I, I've had a love of food photography. I started working with a guy named Greg Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Who is a is a food uh, t- tabletop director? Okay. So I had this very very you know solid base for food food photography to begin with. So when I went into shooting all the hamburger stuff, it was it was already there. What was your all right? So you, you, the idea of hamburgers as a topic kind of struck you, and obviously you're like oh like that's definitely a thing. America loves hamburgers. What was your hamburger experience like growing up? Uh, my hamburger experience was limited to uh, McDonald's, mm-hmm. uh, Howard you, Johnson's. And you grew up where? <laughs> I grew up in Long Island. Okay. So, unfortunately, it was limited to a lot of the fast food crap out there. And what about at home? Did your parents grill and stuff? Yes, my dad grilled. Um, He made awesome hamburgers. (laughs) No, really? (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He thought they were great. And I think, you know what, they weren't bad. They just were not... They weren't, you know, they weren't requested often, you know, put yeah. it that way. I think he, he, he tried his best. You know, I, he, it was, you know, A for effort, put it that way. Uh, but that's what's so fascinating yeah. about burgers and grilling. Like, the leap from just, like, a perfectly fine burger on a grill to one that's done really well, you're like, oh, yeah. like, kind of almost the same ingredients, but just the execution takes you to this other place. You're like, oh, my God, that's the best thing I've eaten all month. But for me, it was an actual moment in time that that solidified that moment. It wasn't. I wish it was in the backyard. I yeah. wish it was something that happened in my childhood, but it didn't. It was actually. I was about 22 years old. I was in Los Angeles, and a friend of mine. I was late at night, and I said, "What am I going to do? I need some food. I just landed at LAX." And he said, "You should definitely. I uh, should go to uh, the Apple Pan oh. on Pico." Yeah. And it was about midnight on a Friday night, and it was packed. Explain, was, explain the Apple Pan to people who have not been. The Apple Pan is a place lost in time. Yeah. It looks like uh, the 1940s ended, and nobody told anybody there. They got the little paper caps. The servers are all wearing paper caps. They're they're somewhat surly, but very direct, and yeah. they're they're fast. Goal, yeah, they're just trying to get you your food as yeah. fast as and possible. And kind of like the S sort of U shaped counter with the little stools. Yeah, horseshoe horseshoe yeah. counter with a bunch of stools. You know, a bunch of uh, leather red leather stools with backs on them. Backs on them. Yeah, backs on them. It's it's an incredible place. Um, it is a, it's a throwback. It really it's it's evocative of a time that doesn't exist anymore, obviously, but it does if you walk yeah. into this place. And how do you feel about the relish on the burgers there? I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of anything too sweet on a burger. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the, the, obviously the hickory burger is the burger I'd get as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> There's two and burgers in the menu. is the steak burger and the hickory burger. When one's a little sweeter than the other. Yeah. Do you, do you get the apple pie? Is there an apple pie? I don't even know. I, it's never, there I'm is not an apple pie. pie. I'm not a pie guy. The so. pie is fantastic there. So it so is. So good. Well, the pie to get there, I think, is the banana cream pie. Oh, okay. And since they know me, or anybody who I guess is a regular when they walk in, they always say to you, would you like pie? And that doesn't mean, would you like pie now? That means, would you like me to save you a slice in case they run oh. out by the time you finish your burger? You know what else I love about that place? There's a lot of funny little quirks like that. When you order the Coke, it comes in one of those little paper cone exactly. cups that then sits in a metal cone stand. It used to be red plastic. Oh. All, I'm assuming all through the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was, uh, 90s, it was red plastic. But they, people started stealing them oh. as a keepsake. And they couldn't find them anymore. So one day I walked in there, and they actually had a styrofoam cup. They gave me my—I always get milk when I go there. I get, like, whole milk when I go there. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and they served me, served me milk in a styrofoam cup. And I said, what the hell is going on here? And they said, well, no, we, we read out, blah, 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 and told me the whole story. About a month later, I went back, and they suddenly had those metal ones, those metal hold, the holders with the yeah. paper, paper insert. And apparently, um, Todd Field, the director, was as, as appalled as I was. And he found a way. He got. He I guess he put, pulled a bunch of his friends together, and they went out and they found a bunch of those things at yard sales and eBay, I think, oh, wow. and gave them to him for free. As the burger guy, you know this stuff. It, he's a Todd Field is an American hero. <laughs> okay, so all right, so you've got this this hankering for burgers. It starts to become a thing. You make the documentary. The book comes out, and at that point, like, is this a career? Is this like a hobby like at what point you know were you able to segue to like oh no this is my job it was or- almost it was almost like a second personality it was like a dual personality but not so much a career i mean it was becoming a career but it wasn't i wasn't getting really paid for it at all i'm getting paid for it a lot now which is nice yeah. i gotta say but back then i mean that was we're talking 14 13 14 years ago i was not being paid for this stuff a little bit of money for the book here and there but it was it was more of a it was more of a like a, a novelty for me to be able to uh, get a phone call from cnn and say we need a hamburger expert you yeah. are the hamburger expert and then i would go and talk about you know whatever i knew whatever what are questions they had about hamburgers so were you making a living doing basic sort of video film production work and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, which I still do. I still yeah. shoot TV commercials and movies and TV shows and that sort of thing. I do. I mostly focus now on just food production, food, yeah. food film production for businesses. All right. And then if you follow George on Instagram, which I highly recommend you do, if you're okay with getting really hungry at any time of day, it now seems like you've segued you're doing events. You've got the smashula. You're sort of incorporating, as one does these days, like, you know, uh, and, and making, a, making a business of, of being you. It's a good time to be in the hamburger world, especially for me. I, I'll be totally honest. It's, it's become... Uh, it's become very popular, but it's hard. Not just popular is not a good word. I think it's actually there's a, there's something happening. There's a movement happening, and not just in this country. It's actually becoming even bigger internationally. Mm. I mean, just this week alone, I've gotten requests to go and cook in uh, Paris, um, in Osaka. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, the Bahamas and well, somebody. Cook, I mean, like, cook where, like, uh, Paris and Osaka. Like, what? Who's requesting that you come there? Great question. So uh, I'm also going to Brazil again, uh, probably next month, I think, at this point. So I'm going to two different cities. I'm going to Rio. I'm going to Sao Paulo, and I'm also going to a third city, Vitorio, I think. I'm not okay. sure, but sure. So it dep- I mean, it depends. A lot of times they're just fans. They're yeah. fans that have happen to have restaurants, and they pull together money or resources or sponsors yeah. or something, and they, they fly me over. Kind of do I, like a pop up event. Exactly. So like in Paris, like who who wants you to come to Paris? I, I don't want to give names right now because the deal's not struck, oh. <laughs> but, but it's a very well-known uh, uh, Parisian-American-style um, cafe okay. that's new, new, young, and hip, and they're very excited about it. We'll see. So I'm one of those on places right like Clown Bar or something, one of those types of joints. Can't tell you. <laughs> it's, it's uh, Until we close the deal. <laughs> and then what about in Osaka? 
Osaka. We're actually uh, talking, we're working, working with a friend of ours who is from Los Angeles, who's now living in, in uh, Tokyo, about doing the, the Food Film Fest there. Okay. And as part of the Food Film Fest, we would do a, a, a pop-up, hamburger pop-up with me. All right, so let's let's take Paris. Let's take at this mystery restaurant. You're going to go over there, you're going to make burgers for a night, and they're going to sell tickets or whatever. I assume you have to bring all your ingredients with you? Like, you're not going to trust that Parisian ground beef, are you? That's a good question. We ha- we're trying to cross that bridge right now. Are you allowed to bring, like... Uh, yeah, there's yeah. certain things I can bring. For example, uh-huh. I will definitely bring American cheese because okay. you really can't find yeah. American cheese, good American cheese, anywhere else in the in the world. I mean, I just the, that's sort of go figure. conclusion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go figure, right? Uh, and I, I actually brought a uh, I brought you know half a kilo, uh, which is a five pound block of American cheese to Brazil last year. And a friend of mine actually walked around his restaurant and giving out little pieces oh of American cheese like actually, it was lard on at, yeah. at, 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 at you know at uh, Metali's restaurants. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and so or so then and you bring you bring do you bring the buns? Uh, that's again. Uh, all the, I actually work usually work with the local baker okay. and try to get as close as we can to an American bun. Um, in most cases, like in Brazil right now, they're actually pretty close. They've got they, they have a lot of buns that actually yeah, work pretty well. really well. Yeah. Okay, so let's all right. Let's let's talk about the burger. So, how do you describe the burger that you make? If someone says you're sitting on a plane, like, oh, you make burger. How do you like to make your burger? Like, what's your basic description? I mean, I know, but yeah. I'm curious how you describe it. Number one is fresh ground beef. Mm-hmm. It has to be fresh ground beef, not necessarily ground by you. In fact, it's probably mm-hmm. better if it's ground by a butcher or ground by you know a large scale meat packing yeah. plant that knows how to actually grind and create consistency. You know, I work with a meat packer in New Jersey, and what they do is they grind you know sixty, seventy thousand pounds a day for the restaurants, and that's where I want to be. I want to be in a place where they're actually grinding a lot of beef because yeah. it's always the exact fresh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Always, it's always consistent. It's yeah. always exactly eighty twenty. If I want eighty twenty, so and eighty twenty being eighty percent lean, twenty percent fat. Exactly. Yeah, which is an ideal blend for making burgers. It's sort of foolproof. You can't really screw up 80-20 beef if you're cooking, no matter what. If you're grilling it, if you're having a flat top or whatever, it's almost impossible to screw it up. But when you go to the grocery store and you see that 90% lean, Oof. stay away from that, no, right? No. Yeah, it's like a, it's easy to ruin that. It's actually really easy to screw that up. Now, are you, obviously, right, these days, there's a lot of, like, at the restaurants, they do, like, the, you know, the brisket, short rib, this, that, like hybrid. You, are you just like a ground chuck guy or what's your what's your preference for Oh, it? it's in terms of a blend. I mean, you know, it's funny. I tell people that you know, when you think about those blends, if you actually say the blend out loud and then you look at a, an actual a diagram of a cow, I mean, they're, they're, those parts are not very far apart. Yeah. There's really no difference. It's not like you're using something from one end of the animal and from the other end yeah. of the animal. I mean, the chuck, the the, uh, the short rib, the brisket, those are all within the same part of the animal. Yeah. You know, obviously one is the chuck is in the top part of the shoulder and the brisket's underneath the shoulder, but they're all so close that it really doesn't make a difference, honestly. I think it doesn't make a difference personally. And if you're, if you're grinding it up and cooking it in a burger, I'm sorry, it's not going to make a difference. You know, there was a trend to, to make these uh, Kobe, Kobe beef burgers. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous because it didn't. There was no real. Um, you know, you can, once you grind up Kobe beef, I don't yeah. think the fl- really you're talking about tasting the fat. That's yeah, about that, it. And the texture is yeah. gone. Gone. Totally gone. Um, although I will say the one thing, like which, which I do think is interesting, and if you like at Manetta Tavern with the Black Label Burger, and at Luger's, if it if they do take like the dry aged beef and grind it, I do think you taste that oh. dry aged funkiness. That's a, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, very different because dry aging does impart incredible amounts of flavor, intense flavor. All right, so you got this good 80-20 beef, freshly ground. What's my next step? Next step is to, I, for me, I like to cook it on a flat top yeah. or yeah. in a pan of some sort. So I, a flat I, top, like a griddle or a cast iron skillet. Exactly, yeah. Not, I mean, I, I, like, I can cook on a flame. I can deep fry. I can steam. I can poach. I can do whatever I want. 
I've learned all these methods from all well, the country. Say, most people didn't even know you could allowed to do that, but okay, <laughs> we'll like get to that. But we're keeping the Moats Burger though. Sorry, right, so you right, got so your, you got a flat top griddle like on Happy Days or something. Yeah, keep it small, yeah. not too big. You know, people think, oh, you got to make a big ass burger. No, this is not. Burgers should be a small affair. They should not be. And I actually, honestly, I I defer to the classics. I defer to the people that have been making burgers for 100, 120 years or so, mm-hmm. almost one hundred twenty years at this point. Uh, what what are those burgers? And they are very small. You know, rolled or scooped balls of beef that have been put onto a flat top, smashed, and then you know, obviously with very little ingredients. We're talking about you know maybe salt. Okay, so it. so then about how many ounces? Uh, my ideal size is roughly two seven five to three two somewhere three right. three two five somewhere in there. Yeah, so I mean you're not even a quarter pound. Right. So the quarter pounders that we grew up with, you're still an ounce shy of that. Exactly. Right. And actually, honestly, I have to tell you, I, I prefer to take two small, you know, two ounce yes. uh, smashed patties and put them together and make a double. All right. So you, so, you, so you grab a handful. You can probably grab. You can probably guesstimate at this point. You've done it enough. And so yeah. you, you grab it. Do you form a ball or do you just put it right on? the griddle and then smash it down with the back of a spatula. What I use is I use a um, a salad scoop or okay. a salad dish. They're called dishers or sometimes called they call them ice cream scoops. It's yeah. the one with the little trigger on the side. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, really? They're actually, they're designed for portioning salads, for portioning. Like, like tuna salad. Tuna salad, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like your grandmother used to eat at, like, yeah, at the exactly. deli. Yeah, so if you if you buy one of those for five bucks, whatever they cost, um, that's the best way to make consistently great burgers that are always exactly the same. So what smashing. size are you supposed to buy? Did, I mean, it did, depends on what, you, what kind of, it, actually, that yeah. all depends on the size of bun you're using, how oh, fast boy. you want it to cook. Because a lot of, like, you know, you're making doubles, you're making singles. Okay, so you so you got your scoop. Yep. You, you you plop it out onto the griddle. That if you have a nicely seasoned cast iron skillet or something, you don't probably need oil in there, right? If you're using eighty twenty. No, what I actually do is to <laughs> this is a new thing I learned recently. Uh, to actually prep and season a griddle, what I do is I take a ball of beef mm-hmm. and just smear it on top of the surface and let that cook. Almost chop it up like you've got chopped beef mm-hmm. on there, oh. and let it really really cook out so all the fat comes out of it. So it's almost like yeah. a dry yeah. pebbles. On and the, then on throw that away and throw then it use out. It. Oh, and you look down and you have this like absolutely perfectly seasoned griddle. Instantly. All right. So you it's, got it's, a nice like seasoned a, griddle. You plop the thing on, and then you take a, a nice firm spatula. Yes, you have to. You try to find the heaviest spatula you can find. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, I could not find for years, and I have friends that were complaining they were breaking them all the time. But yeah, because in this method, you have to actually use force yeah. and either you know come down on it hard. Whack it hard, like, or like, like a judge hitting the gavel. It's exactly the yeah. same thing. It is literally the exact same thing. Think gavel. Yeah, and, <laughs> like and you and you're literally smashing the burger. Yeah. You're not trying to keep it perfectly round or anything. No, well, round. If you have it, if you're using a portion scoop, yeah. it's going to be it's it'll gonna be perfectly round. Yeah. But yeah. like the edges are not going to be perfectly round. I mean, they're not going to be. They'll be a little craggy and whatnot. They will be. And there's, there's a method I learned from one of Danny Meyer's favorite restaurants mm. in St. Louis called Carl's. Carl's Drive-in has they do something. It's we just learned recently is called what I like to call the Lacy edge burgers mm-hmm. that exist mostly in the center of Illinois, yeah. and it's the idea is that you smash it thin in one one or two big mm-hmm. hits, and then you, as you are going down, you actually put sorry you push off to the side, almost like you're like you're uh, like a like, like a painting like with like, painting like, the, like the oil yeah. plastering. Right. So exactly, you smear it a little bit on the griddle. A little bit of a smear, and, and you, then and then do you then do you add the salt? Uh, so I put the salt first. So actually, the salt is just a oh. ball of beef, salt, oh. smash. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question. So it's sizzling away in its own fat. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the majority of the browning and crispiness is going to happen on one side, and then when you flip it over, you're not going to cook it for as long because yeah. by the time that one side is nice and crispy and well-browned, 
the other side just needs a little bit of time on. Is, that, is that correct? Or what's uh, your timing ratio from side to side? Again, it all depends on what how much how much beef you're using, but okay. it's very fast. Yeah, you know, it, it's a visual thing. I usually have to. <laughs> a friend of mine, that's certified Angus beef, likes to say that you have to watch it and it, it'll speak to you. Well, it's like a it's like a pancake where you see the top the like a pancake starts to bubble exactly. like that red raw meat on the top will start to sort of turn opaque and get some bubbles and whatnot. Right, and with the smash burger, the edges start to crisp a little bit. Yeah, and when they start to crisp, and the, you start to see some of the actual like the it's very fast. It all happens yeah. very fast. Well, give, me, give me give me give me don't give me some specific <laughs> like how fast like on a three ounce patty you smash it down there. One minute. One minute? Yeah, if you're if cooking at 400 degrees, you're looking at okay. about a minute, yeah. And then you flip it over? Minute and a half, but I would do more than that. You know? Okay. And I, I make a lot of onion burgers. So, all right, so, all right, all right. so we got, you're getting the crispy thing. <laughs> season skillet. Salt, that's all you need. You're not packing it tight or anything. No, no, You're no. not seasoning it beforehand. Nope. nope. I've noticed you, yeah, on, on the Insta, mm-hmm. you're doing this shaved onion thing, but you're not cooking the onion separately on the side like a lot of people would do. So explain the onion burger. The trick to the onion, and I'll tell everybody out there, is it has to be Vidalia. Okay. Vidalia is clutch. You can't use any other onions. Sweet. People, I've seen people try it. Yeah, sweet. Um, it's, it caramelizes very fast because yes. it has the sugar, high, obviously the highest sugar okay. content. You can use, I'm sorry, you can also use Spanish onion if you can't find Vidalia. Yeah. In the West Coast, it's Walla Walla. Yeah. In Texas, it's called Texas but Sweet. But you want a sweet onion. Sweet onion. Big, big sweet onion. And also, it has to be cut super thin so it cooks fast. That's, yeah. that's very important. So like if you um, have like a mandolin or something. Mandolin's great. Please watch your fingers. I tell yeah. people, everybody yeah. I know who's <laughs> gone out and bought a mandolin has uh, missed yeah. a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> okay, so you, sh- you have super shaved thin onions. So what do you do with them? you got the burger, you smash the burger, and then you put the onions on top of the burger? No, what I, I do what they do at Oklahoma. Okay. This is actually specifically is the Oklahoma fried onion burger. Okay. It's big in central, western, and southern uh, Oklahoma. And in fact, if you walk into a restaurant in uh, any of those places in Oklahoma and you ask for a hamburger, you're going to get onions smashed into it. A lot of them, too, as, as you've seen from the Instagram. <laughs> you're like a burger anthropologist. <laughs> I've been called a burger scholar is my latest yes. one. It, the anthropology of burgers, exactly. I do have it's all in my head too. It's all and then the book. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, so what do you do? So you got all right. So you got your shaved onions, super right. thin. I just you know I also use a deli slicer. Okay, it's yeah, a bit of a okay. cheat. No, it's but great, I have a but deli you also, slicer. But you're also doing big events for Large a volume. lot of people. You need you need piles of oh yeah razor thin onions. All right, so you got your onions. What do you what am I? I got my burger. What am I doing? Okay, so once you pr- have the ball sitting on the flat top, uh-huh. the next thing I do is I take I take a wad of onions the same size as the ball. Okay, so that's the part people screw up. Also, is that yeah. it has to be almost the, the exact same volume. Okay, and I. Gently press that with my my fingertips into the ball, okay, and then smash. And then it smash. It. Yeah, and you salt the beef first, and then put the onions. Yeah, so on, it's right? ball of beef, salt, salt. onion, onion sort of nestled in there, and you smush it all together. Yeah, fast. And sorry, so then smash it all together, so that one side for a minute or two, depending on the temperature, your griddle till it gets nice and crispy. Yep. And then you flip it over. Cheese on flip. Yeah, you flip it over, then you put the cheese on top, and so the onions are on the bottom. Yes, exactly. So they're cooking now. And when they're on top, they're sort of getting warm and fatty and sort of right. softening. They're starting before, to soften before the flip. They're starting to render, which yes. is very important. And the, uh, rend- I mean, the, you, in the uh, burger itself, you have uh, three elements. You have the the fat rendering out. You're getting all this, Emma? Yeah. You didn't know this. You're look. You thought you just like <laughs> you're just eating here. a burger, not even like, thinking about it. In this case, the onions are now rendering out. Yeah. And whenever you turn so it over, they're losing some really water and stuff. And, and they're well, it's actually going, all that flavor is going into. The steam and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So then you flip it over. You put the slice of American cheese on top. Right. And then the, you need the onions. How long do you, are they cooking for underneath then? I'm, again, another 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Because they're so thin. So thin. They don't. And so at that, when they when you take them off, 
do they take on color at that point? Are they kind of translucent, or how done are they? Half and half. Half Depends. and half. But no. they're not super caramelized because they haven't had time to get like really caramel. Right. In the in the Midwest, in Oklahoma specifically, um, they don't cook the burgers for very—they actually cook the burgers for longer than I do. I cook uh-huh. at a higher temperature. I've, I've sort of—I I believe I've actually created my own method, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken, you know, this American method, this famous American method, the, the Oklahoma fried onion burger, and turned it into something that's my own, I think. You know? Okay. All right. So— that sounds delicious. I got my caramelly onions on the bottom. Now I'm hungry. I got the melted cheese on top. You don't put a dome on or anything, right? No. You just let the cheese melt. Okay. Well, there's another step you're missing. No, well, there's a step thing where you put the bun, you stack the buns exactly. on top of the burger while they're on the griddle, but there's one face in one way and then the other one. And like, all right, this gets confusing. And if I, I've watched that video <laughs> over at like, what is it, White Mana or whatever in Jersey, one of the burger places where yeah, they've got yeah. the buns on top and they're flipping. And they're, I'm like, I literally have to like slow down and watch it in slow motion to get how they do the flip and where each burger bun goes. So explain this to us. Exactly right. So this is an, an old-time American method to actually not toast the buns, but to have them what we call ride. They actually ride. sit. They ride. They actually sit on top of the of the cooking patty once it's been flipped over. Okay, so, all right, so the, you take the bottom portion of the bun. The heel. The heel. Good Lord, I'm learning so much. So you're putting that on top of the burger where the cheese is? No, you're actually putting the crown on oh the cheese. Oh, my God. So the cheese is, you want to have the cheese on the top of the burger. Okay. Oh, so the crown goes first crown on top of the cheese, first. and then exactly. you put the heel on top of that. Yeah. And then when you're ready, then you slide the spatula under the burger where the onions have now caramelized. Right. And you take the top off the top. It goes and then under the spatula. It goes under the spatula, and you slide the spatula, and you pinch right. it. Exactly. Wow. It's exciting. And you can now do this like wham, bam, wham, wham, wham. I do it 500 times a day, literally, literally. Um, for burgers. I just, I just cooked a smorgasburg in Los Angeles. I'm, good, I'm cooking a smorgasburg again in July. God, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, okay, I have. I, we're going to get to lightning round, um, and that's a lot of either-or questions, burger-related. But a couple of other questions before we get there. Um, talk about the smashula. Smashula. Yeah, spatula is a spatula that I developed with a friend of mine, Will Shear. who's a he's a kitchen designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a, you know commercial kitchens, and uh, we were talking trying to find a fabricator that could actually make the world's greatest smashing spatula. And p- people use the channel smashers, which have a it's a, I think Five Guys uses them, and uh, my friends at Shake Shack and uh, Hard Time Sundays. That's like kind of the handle with like the rectangle of steel underneath it that you just push straight yeah. down. And it has a little channel so that it always that you can you can never actually over smash the yeah. burger. Oh, that's what you're saying. Want. Yeah. I want to be able to oversmash the burger. <laughs> and also, you can't slide and pick it up with that. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's a, basically a one-shot deal. Yeah. But with the smashula, it, is, it weighs a pound. It's one yeah. pound of custom-cut stainless steel, 12-gauge uh, 12, 12 stainless steel. Uh, it's bent. Uh, to it's kind of offset, so the bottom sort exactly. of, yeah. It's a nice, sharp edge on it. Because some of those ones, like I have one from Wistoff, which isn't bad, although it's a little narrow. But sometimes, the more as you push down, it begins to bend. It begins to give. Yeah, this does not give at all. Yeah. It, you cannot bend this thing. It's almost impossible. It's like a. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a, again, back to a... Like um, you were talking about uh, plaster and stuff, like spackling or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it's all right. So you kind of you're smashing it down, and then you can also use it to slide, scoop it up. You can, I mean, you can have a bunch of burgers on a griddle that are at different stages, and you can smash a few, flip a few, and it's all one tool. And you want to be able to do that because you want to have the tool in one hand and have a clean hand for for loading fresh beef. Yeah. You don't want to have yeah. two tool, one tool, and also in each the hand. buns and the flip. Let me see this. Yeah, George, George sure. Motes. <laughs> can one buy the smashula? 
Yes, you can. There's a little bit of a wait right now. But how is there a wait? Available. How hard can it be to make these things? There's like, like who's making these by hand? We have a shop in uh, in Brooklyn. I can't tell you where it is, but they're making. We're doing twelve at a time. Nothing gets done fast yeah. in Brooklyn. Any, I, this, don't, exactly this, right. If you want to do the whole artisanal <laughs> thing and like charge ninety two dollars for a spatula, all right. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to getting a spatula because that that makes me very excited. A um, couple more questions. Uh, what's the deal with patty melts? Do you like patty melts? I like patty melts. You know, patty melt is the best of uh, a grilled cheese and a cheeseburger put together. That's very important. But you still have to like make the burger and then put it inside the thing, and then right. does a burger kind of lose some of its? No, I mean, it's, I think it's actually still a burger. I mean, yeah. what is? A, I mean, a burger is a, a, a basically a sandwich. And so, what is a patty melt but a, a further version of a hamburger yeah. sandwich? You know, do and you? It, and it's original, by the way. I mean, if you go to Louis Lunch, yeah, they serve it on toast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you? But they don't griddle it, though, do they? They don't. No, no. Do you have a favorite like fancy restaurant burger? Ooh, I, I don't like to play favorites, but I a do couple. have a couple. Have a couple. I, I mean, I I absolutely love 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 the burger at Beatrice Inn. Angie Mar oh, has okay. a burger that is here in the West Village. Off the yeah. hook, yeah. It's a dry aged beef burger. It's it's almost prohibitively expensive, <laughs> but it's I can tell you right now, it's worth every penny. Okay. Uh, the, the I like the regular cheeseburger at Mineta, not the Blackley, okay. but not the regular cheeseburger is also spectacular. Okay. I love those two. Where else? Uh, I, I mean, Vakuz. I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch. There are okay. a lot of really good high end burgers out there. You know. Okay, we're gonna do lightning round now. Okay. Either or questions. Uh, that you have to answer. All right. Shredded iceberg or whole leaf iceberg? Ooh, that's easy. Shredded. Do you do that? Do you do that on your uh, deli slicer? Uh, no, I do that by hand. That's easy. Oh, by <laughs> hand. <laughs> Dukes or Hellmans? To me, honestly, people are going to hate to hear this. I think they actually they're too similar to even pick one. I, I'm a big fan of Hellmans. I grew up with Hellmans. I'm a huge fan okay. of Hellmans. Yeah. Do you do do you do mayo on a burger or what? love mayo on a burger? Yeah, yeah. mayo is a great element for everything. I mean, I, I go to Brazil. Thank you. People Thank in Brazil, you. yeah, you're welcome. The Brazilians are also crazy yeah. about mayo, and the Italians weirdly, you don't yeah. think so, but they have a lot of these weird little salads, like in their fancy tea yeah. salons. Yeah, have mayo. I, I stood up in front of a crowd in Brazil, and I told them that I, I would eat mayo with a spoon, and there was a standing ovation. <laughs> True story. Coke or Diet Coke? Oh, definitely Coke. I can't go for that fake crap. <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> Keep it real. Dill or sweet? Definitely dill. Yeah. You have to have the acidic bite of dill. Uh, the acidic bite of vinegar, but uh, when you eat a burger. But yeah. I think you have it has to have the direction go in the direction of dill. Yeah. I don't understand the sweet pickle. Either thing. do I. Single or double? <laughs> that depends. But I can tell you right now, for my money, I think probably a, a smaller size double is the way to go. Each one gets a slice of cheese? You get two slices of cheese. You also get four caramelized sides as opposed oh, to two. That's why. Yeah. Damn, I like where we're going with this. All right. Uh, taking you back to your childhood. Big Mac or Quarter Pounder with cheese? <laughs> uh, neither. Uh, <laughs> but I would say probably Big Mac. What did you, uh, growing up, what was I your I grew up Big Mac. Was the, I grew up Big Mac, yeah. I'm just going to throw this one out there. I have no idea if you're going to answer either, but uh, Misfits or Bad Brains? Ooh, wow. Uh, definitely Misfits. <laughs> as, a, as, a, yeah, as a sort of New York, New Jersey guy. Yeah, yeah, Chocolate, strawberry, or vanilla? I mean, unquestionably chocolate. Chocolate shake, mm-hmm. always? I'm a chocolate addict, yeah. Are you like a, uh, what is, is, it a is it a black and white when you get the, what, what's it called when you get the vanilla ice cream with the chocolate syrup? That's a black a, and white, yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, That's, you're not? I'd rather do chocolate with chocolate syrup. Yeah. Oh, or chocolate better, okay. <laughs> coffee ice cream with chocolate syrup. You know what I like a lot? I like the vanilla ice cream with a shot of espresso. Do you ever do that? I forgot. Yeah. I do, I do but it. But no, but I mean, as a shake. <laughs> but I love it. I'm a, yeah, as a I like shake, it. I love Actually, that. Actually, iced coffee 
<laughs> with vanilla and chocolate ice cream in it. That's my latest thing. I was in <laughs> visiting friends this weekend. They were like, they live up in Connecticut. And Brandon and my friend, like, I, you know, it was 11 a.m. I guess we were watching the World Cup or whatever. He had his made a cup of coffee with like his AeroPress and everything. They just went into the fridge, grabbed a thing of like salted caramel ice cream, just put a whole scoop of that. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Sunday morning. I didn't know that was legal. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Waffle fries or cottage fries? <laughs> well, it's fun. That's a good, I'm not actually. Here's a true story. I actually don't like fries. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. What? And it's very, I know it's very un-American to not like French what fries. What do you mean you don't like French fries? To me, I'd rather have two burgers and have like waste space on a. Fr- yeah. I mean, French fries are easy to screw up, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. You're, you can, I, nothing worse to me than a cold French fry. Uh, well, it's you, also, I mean, the thing, the, the, the ugly truth about French fries is people get wrong. They always think, oh, my God, they're homemade French fries. Homemade French fries are usually not well done. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so much margin for error in a homemade French fry. Whereas so much. The, 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 fra- the freshly fried frozen ones, yeah. like at McDonald's or Shake Shack or anything, are always going to be better. Put it this way. I think that the French fry is more a letdown than it is a pleasure. Mm. You know, My problem is I have a French fry weakness, and I can't stop eating them. <laughs> I feel like you like cottage fries, then. Yeah, well, I love the cottage fries like at J.G. Mellon's love, Uptown. Love them. They yeah. actually tried to take them off the menu once, and there was, a, there was almost really? a revolt. There should have been. Yeah, there was. They tried. They brought out that's stri- like, that's stri- like That's like taking beer off the menu at a bar. <laughs> what is that? It was, <laughs> what are people doing? were not happy. Ranch or special sauce? Ooh. I'm, I'm partial to ranch. <laughs> I love ranch. Side of ranch yeah. is like, that's yeah, uh, you, everything is better. Life is better with the side of ranch. Couldn't agree more. Uh, all right, last question, which we always ask everyone. Butter or olive oil? Oh well, I mean, it's, that's an easy, easy answer. Butter. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, I, mean, I love olive oil. I mean, olive oil has its place. <laughs> its place. <laughs> it really does. But butter, I think butter is an unsung hero. George Moss, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to George Moats, and now on to veggie burgers with Chris Morocco. Chris, would you consider yourself a veggie burger kind of guy? I actually am. I am because, you know, sometimes when I'm in a situation where I'm not quite sure about the meat at the place yes, where I'm eating. Exactly. I kind of get, you know, I feel like the veggie burger becomes the safest option. Yeah, you're kind of at a random place where you're like, you're like it's not a bad restaurant, but like, what is this ground beef? Is it going to be frozen patty like what's that situation where i always think like if you get a decent enough veggie burger then you then you then you hit the fixins bar the fixins yeah, oh sure and you got your, your like pickly spe- things yeah pickly things your, your mayo-y things. things and you can like if you if you're not vegan you can throw some cheese on there yeah and if you get a decent bun all of a sudden like you're in business it, yeah it hits all the notes you kind of want it to but without the kind of like the questions you know like the lingering yeah. like what like what was that I have, was it I, worth it and I, I I had that recently I was in in Buffalo uh, with my wife and went to a certain restaurant that I've been itching to go to because it looked like this old kind of throwback sort of anchorman sort of establishment uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> where you were like in your bucket chairs having your scotch on the rocks that you uh-huh. repair to the dining room and I got a burger there and I'm like it was just so bad and not cooked properly and not see. It was just like, and I just felt like a terrible human being for eating. Like at some point, I just stopped. I yeah. Like, this, I'm eating this That's beef. horrible. Like if you eat a burger, if you eat that much red meat, it should be delicious. But you, there is such thing as obviously as delicious veggie burgers. Can I say just one thing? Yeah, sure. Can we rebrand it? 
What should we be calling it? Not veggie burgers. That's just the word. Like, oh, can I get a veggie burger, please? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just feel like there should be a better name, like alternative burger or something. Just like the veggie burger thing. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the veggie burger and what that encompasses is so broad these days because under that banner, right, you've got the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger are technically veggie burgers. Which are like kind of quote-unquote fake meat or they're trying to approximate what meat real meat tastes like in the texture and bleeding and such completely and then also then you have like you know whatever you know your black bean burger or your superiority burger style burger you know all of those things can be encompassed by veggie burger but they're you know they're very different things and trying to achieve very different things you know an impossible burger versus a superiority style burger so maybe just be a bit more specific about what the ingredients are and and brand your burger that way yeah like i think there's nothing wrong with calling something a black bean burger no no because you know you know exactly what that's going to be like right i had black beans for lunch today it was taco thursday at the kind of nest uh (laughs) cafeteria and i'm like oh got some black beans a little rice sliced up an avocado in the ba kitchen yeah and uh, a little cucumber and i had had lunch okay so you developed, well, you developed two burgers. <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> two alt, veg alt, burgers, alt two burgers. Alt burgers, um, yeah. <laughs> your more recent one was a headline that said, a veggie burger recipe that doesn't have 15 ingredients for once. And this was on our healthiest website, yeah. uh, eat healthiest, or behealthiest.com. Uh, to be honest with you, it has never occurred to me to make a veggie burger. So what are the pitfalls and challenges and whatnot in making a veggie burger from scratch? Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, you brought up, you know, burgers that they, they apply to kind of restaurants and like where you want to order a burger and where the burger is going to be delicious. But, you know, the uh, there's a similar thing kind of at work with veggie burgers where, you know, making one at home, though, is like is can be really hard because it's not like, oh, you can make yourself a regular beef burger at home. No problem. There's yeah. like two ingredients. Yeah. There's, you know, ground meat and there's salt, you know, so you're going to get something that you're probably pretty happy with. But when it comes to a veggie burger, you have to make a lot of choices, both from whatever recipe you decide to go with to the simple fact that vegetables do not want to come together in patty form and stay there, you know, without some serious manipulation. So when it comes to, okay, let's talk about like a black bean burger, which kind of, you know, that sort of direction inspired the, you know, the one that I did for Healthy-ish that's, you know, the easiest ever grilled veggie burger, we called it. Um, You know, that is very black bean forward. But the thing is, if you can't just put black beans into a bowl and start mashing and adding things because there's just way too much moisture trapped in those beans. You'll have, you know, kind of like black bean salsa before you get to anything that could be, you know, shaped into a burger and let alone grilled. Um, so how you deal with all those ingredients and all of all those right, so, mix-ins oh, is, 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 yeah, is, so, is what it's all about. So, so you decided, all right, so black bean is your base, and what was your next step? Okay, so with this one, I took black, a can of black beans, and sorry, two cans of black beans, and a block of tofu. I shredded the tofu, and I drained the beans what well. Kind of, what kind of tofu? Like extra firm tofu, okay. like a block, you know, like yeah. the, the, the firmest stuff so that it'll have like the most texture after cooking. I shredded that and um, squeezed it because the problem with tofu is, you know, it has so much water in it that if you want to kind of use it in your kind of veggie burger mixture, you have to both squeeze a ton of water out of it, but you also then have to cook all the remaining water out of it. So the beans and the tofu go into a saute pan with some oil and they get cooked out hard, like until like the beans are kind of getting those kind of like cracked edges and sort of splitting open. What sort of, temp- sort of, what sort of temperature out. are we on? Um, I think we're kind of at about medium high because okay. you need to hit it with a lot of heat just to get 
all of that mass that's in that skillet right, so kind of heated up and cooking. And evaporate as much liquid as you can. Exactly. All right, so you do that, and are we mashing it together, or what are we doing? Not yet. Okay. So then we have in a, a separate bowl, we basically, we combined, we found that almond butter was really useful, at, both as a binder and as a way to add a ton of kind of umami flavor to mm. it. In the previous veggie burger that I'd done for us, you know, we pulsed our own roasted cashews to kind of get a bit of a similar effect. But almond butter, you know, because it has like kind of reached that more liquid, you know, fluid state really works as a binder. And obviously you can just buy it as is. So that mayonnaise, um, grated garlic, chili powder, salt go into a bowl and get mixed together. So that becomes this kind of like pasty slurry. That, but a lot of flavor. A lot of flavor, yeah. you know, fat. You know, that's a big thing with veggie burgers. You know, you've got to yeah. get some fat and some some kind of juiciness in there that's yeah. going to stay stay present even after you cook that burger. In the same way that fat is what's satisfying about a beef burger, that if you have too lean of a burger, you're like, yeah, that was okay. But you have a nice 20% burger fat, you're like, Ooh, Great balance. Yeah, nice on your that mouth feel. The mouth, yeah. Could I have used garlic powder instead of oh, garlic, sure. fresh garlic? Yeah, you could yeah. use garlic powder. And then that kind of comes together in the bowl. Um, we're doing a little bit of mashing, but then we're adding some cooked quinoa. It could be any kind of cooked grain. Um, Let me ask you a question about this. A lot yeah. of times when you cook quinoa after you drain it, cook the quinoa is very wet. What do you do to sort of get the quinoa to sort of dry out and not be all wet and mushy? Because anytime I make quinoa, it's always mushier than I want it to be. This may surprise nobody, but I'm very particular about the <laughs> way I cook my quinoa, Adam. Okay, so what do you do? You're so boiling it? I, I boil it like pasta. Yeah. Okay, and when you, it's you tender- You add it into already boiling hot salt. Yeah, water. or I bring it up together. Okay. It doesn't really make much of a difference. But yeah, basically boiling it hard in salted water until it's tender. I then drain it. I add it back to the pot. And then cover it. The pot without the water. Without the water. Okay. Yep. The empty pot, but it's still hot. Yeah. So it continues to drive moisture out of the quinoa. You get the condensation on the underside of the lid, just dump that off. And what you're left with is very fluffy, kind of slightly steamed out and very distinctly okay. grained quinoa. Wow, I'm confused. Why not? Because I know when I do mashed potatoes, I always learn, especially if you over boil your potatoes a little bit put them back in the dry pot over heat and they will all that steam will evaporate and that extra liquid sure. potatoes will dry yeah, out like you but, dry you, them but, out. You, but you have the top off why not have the top off with the quinoa uh, i mean i guess you could it's just a matter of not wanting it has that hull on it you uh -huh. know it has that little bit of bran yeah. or hull yeah. or whatever you want to call it that can very quickly kind of like get like kind of crispy crunchy which we kind of use to our advantage in this recipe and that you know, that kind of mashed into the burger mixture is going to pick up a lot of texture when it's on the grill, right? Mm. So it kind of adds back a little bit of that sort of like but lacy, you, meaty but edge. But you're getting ahead of us. So, but right. I'm getting so, ahead right. of us. So, so, so you, you could put it over the heat. It just, okay. it may go a little bit fast on okay. you and you may start gotcha. to get some crispiness. Right. So you want you want some nice fluffy, dried, not, yep. not moist dried out quinoa. Kind of, yeah. You got your slurry, which you said, which yep. I like with the cashew butter. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you've got your beans and your tofu which are just in the pan off the heat yep you haven't done anything with them yet no nope, no nope. okay. those are and those have kind of dried out and yep. they become like a very big part of the body and substance of the burger um and the last two things that then go in are flaxseed meal um no idea what that is flax seeds just yep. blitzed up okay no problem do I have to blitz them or do I buy them? You can you can blitzed. buy whole whole seeds, you know, if you want. But yeah, you find flaxseed meal okay. like any grocery store um, with some water. So that's kind of like all our our alt egg 
in this, oh, you know, okay. because the thing is, you know, like I, I can't remember if Brooks has egg. I guess he doesn't have it in the superiority burger, but you find egg and or, you know, kind of breadcrumbs and all kinds of other binders in a lot of veggie burgers. Um, Which is a common thing on meatloaf or meatballs or whatever, you know, a lot of times people add an egg just to, yeah, to bind. It binds, you know, so like as that mixture heats up, it creates those, those proteins in there, you know, kind of create bonds that then helps kind of hold everything together. So flax achieves like a very similar thing because it has this kind of cool property, a little bit like chia where it forms a gel, you know, when introduced to water. So like you'll put, you know, the flax meal with a little bit of water in a little bowl and a minute later it's like solid oh wow it's like it kind of like it forms this kind of cool goo let me ask you a question could could i use an egg instead of the flaxseed situation yeah i think you could i I, like we didn't test it like that but you absolutely could could. yeah okay so yeah so you got your flaxseed flaxseed and then a little bit of cornstarch just a little bit of insurance In, in that mixture into that mixture okay. now do we just um, sorry come... into the, the the big bowl with all that stuff and then you're done that's it you have what a do mixture mean, what do you mean i'm done you're done i mean you're uh, this is the thing you know with a lot of veggie burger recipes you know at that point you've got to kind of form it into patties and then either freeze them or whoa, whoa, refrigerate whoa, 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 them for whoa, 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 whoa. hours right, so hold on a second though all right so we've got these we got our slurry we got our little flexi jelly sort of situation We've got the the beans with the that have been cooked off with the tofu. Yep. We put that all, all in a together. big mix bowl, and then we just mix it up with and our we hands. We mix it all up. Get yep. your kids involved, maybe. Sure, yeah. You know? Give them a spoon. And so, so at this point, you're not mashing the beans with like a potato masher. You're just doing those with your hands. And yeah, you else. can kind of work it together just fine with your hands because a lot of those beans will have split open, yep. you know, in the cooking process. And um, yeah, it's going to want to come together. Okay, so. As you're doing it, is there any, how do you tell whether you need, whether there's, whether it's balanced, whether it's coming together the way it should come together? Is there any sort of test you can do? It's just going to want to hold together. Mm-hmm. So like you're going to pick up a kind of like a, a ball of it in your hand and it should feel like it wants to be solid yeah. and hold and together, together. You know? do you, Now after you, so you form the patties, do you then refrigerate them or anything? You don't need to. No, this is like, that's the cool thing about this recipe. And that's why we really went, you know, kind of all in on this approach. It was that, you know, you can take that mixture and you can go right to the grill with it. And that is something that's not true of a lot of veggie burgers. So, you know, that was kind of the big benefit for us, you know, that for you, somebody who doesn't necessarily want to make a veggie burger at home, you know, and for anybody else who's in that same boat, like I hear you. But, you know, there is a very streamlined way. You know, I think this really, like, kind of responds to the fact that, you know, yeah, like, real, you know, ground meat is so easy, you know. If if you're a, somebody whose family wants to eat, you know, meat burgers, that's cool, you know. But if you want an alternative, you don't have to, like, spend half a day making it. Yeah. So, all right, so, so you form the patties. Now, do you salt the outside of the patties like you would a beef burger before you grill it no all the salt is inside them the only thing that you're doing which kind of helps since it's a bit of a sticky mixture is um you know you coat your hands with olive oil um which kind of helps the you know the patties from sticking to your hand but then also that oil then helps them kind of take on like a little bit of char and a little bit of color on the grill all right let me ask you this yep did you test this patty 
also like in a cast iron skillet and compare how it cooked on a skillet compared to like a grill. We did, yeah, because I we ended up with like a lot of like you know various iterations of this mixture. We did um, we cooked some of it like in a cast iron skillet, which honestly worked just fine. I'm not gonna say it's like it's better on the grill or or in a skillet, but you kind of have options with this. Yeah. And and the other thing about you know a lot of veggie burgers in general is you know not including ones that you might buy from a supermarket, kind of already frozen and ready to go, is that like when you try to grill them, they fall to, to pieces. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. All right, so then, then how do you like to dress it up, fixing wise? Like what what goes well with this flavor profile of the the veggie burger itself? So because like especially with a black bean burger, you know, which this is one, you know, you get like it's a lot of big flavor, like yeah. that bean flavor, especially when it's kind of had the heat of the grill on it, is like very deep, very rich, very intense. So you need something really bright to kind of um, you know wake it up a little bit. So. Um, pickled red onions, mm, like just yeah. real solid pickled jalapenos. I will never say no to on a burger of any kind. Um, we did like a kind of just a stir together kind of yogurty, um, like chipotle yogurt, just like that liquid in the chipotle and adobo can. Okay, you know, yeah, not yeah. the chipotle that itself, but just that sauce, red, yeah. just like incredible sauce. Um, a couple of tablespoons of that in a cup of whole milk Greek yogurt with a little bit of salt. Um, I really like at, how they do at uh, Hearts in Brooklyn. Oh they yeah, the lamb burger, and then they do the the, the, Greek, the Greek yogurt. They, I thought they did like a Greek yogurt. They do they do an I aioli? Thought, I thought it was like more of like an aioli thing, but it oh. might there might have some yogurt in it. I know it. there's dill involved. Yeah, there's like yeah. all those what herbs and yeah. I like no, I mean that's that's one of the cool things. I don't even like lamb, and that's a great burger yeah. because of like the treatment, you know. And I think that's the thing. It's the like fennel, and they got the fennel going on. Mm -hmm, and, yeah, like cool salad. Um, so I think, you know, this is at the end of the day, you know, once you have a, a, a patty, you know, veggie, veggie burger patty, or even like, if it's like meat, you know, that's like, that's like your starting point, you know? And for me, I always kind of crave those add-ins, those things that kind of lift, like add some acidity, add some crunch, yeah. you know, like, good slaw, good acidic, like limey sort of slaw. And this yeah, would be nice. Love. Did you, all right. Now you are not a vegan. But no. you appreciate a veggie burger. Did you put cheese on this burger? I did a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I just sort of crave it. Yeah. You know? Um, it was something our our the previous veggie burger I'd done, the ultimate veggie burger. Um, you know, I put cheese in it as well what? as on it. That's banana. You know, it's just it takes a lot, you know, looking at like that recipe now, you know, it, the ingredient wise, it looks a little bit crazy, but there's, there's truly a reason why all those things are in there, you know, and looking at the superiority burger, there's a lot that has to go into creating, you know, an assemblage of legumes and vegetables and seasonings well, the difference, to like kind of the get it to stay together. The difference though, although I guess Brooks Ailey has a cookbook out now, a superiority burger, but when you go to the restaurant, someone's doing all that for you. Oh, So you don't sure. care how many ingredients are in there. Oh, they're, completely. They're slaving away for you and you can get theirs. So, I mean, I think what's interesting about the veggie burger at superiority burger is that that originally, and I know he was gone through many sort of permutations of yeah. it, but it was kind of initially sort of meant, I, w I would say it's kind of meant to evoke that sort of in and out Shake Shack, oh, yeah. uh, squishy potato bun, and there was like yeah, you get cheese on it, and it was even though it might have been a non-meat burger, it didn't necessarily come across as healthy. You know, no. it, it was just as indulgent and satisfying, Completely. and and that's what's such so cool about what Brooks has done at Superiority Burger is like okay, you know, this is delicious vegetarian food 
This is not like diet food. No, no. And and yeah, I think he, he kind of like opened up this world where like that style of food was allowed to just be delicious and yeah, like exactly. in your face. And it's fantastic. All right. Well, you got me hungry. So listeners, you can go uh, to Healthiest, our website, or just Bon Appetit and look up easiest ever grilled veggie burgers. Perfect for the grill. Or if you really want to get like 2.0, you can go to the, what's the other one called? The ultimate, ultimate Veggie Burger. Ultimate Veggie Burger. Also by Chris Morocco a couple years ago. But Chris has evolved. He's a simpler man these days. I am. I am. I've had to make some some hard choices. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I'm hungry. Good job. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.